Welcome to the All Things Nintendo podcast. I'm Brian Shea from Game Informer. This is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. As you are listening to this episode, the Game Awards happened last night. I was on hand for the festivities, so we had to pre-record this episode. But if anything Nintendo-related came out of it, I will hit that in next week's episode. Uh, but that means we are officially in the season of looking back at the best this year had to offer. For this week's episode, we're doing our annual look back at the eShop gems that came to Switch over the last year. And as is tradition, I've invited former Game Informer editor and current head of the Indie Informer, Jill Grote, back to talk about her favorite indies of the year. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm actually, I wanted you to put your your hand over your mouth and be like, that big thing that was announced at the Game Awards, which <laughs> I will also be at. So I'll, I'll uh, you and I can pretend to talk about whatever exciting thing happened. Man, I can't believe that person did that thing With at the that, after party. Oh, it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, how are they going to come back from that? Uh, no, there's no real way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh the last time you were on this ep- or this show it was summer game fest we that were uh, in person <laughs> recording on a little handheld recorder that mm-hmm. uh game informer video editor alex van aken lent me for two hours yeah and, and i uh, don't know if i said it on that show but shay came up to me i was like right like i just happened to have a gap in between my appointments and shay just ran into me was like jill do you want to be on the show i was like sure why not well i was like hey i'm on hand with like all these cool people around and i was like well i should take advantage of that because oh my god like talking to the game awards in past years i've done the thing where i would leave the final segment of the episode because i've well, I guess not in past, not not last year because my trip got canceled. But the year before that, when I was actually in attendance in uh, 2021, I actually didn't record the final segment. And then from my hotel room, recorded <laughs> uh, on my phone with Alex Stadnick. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, well, there's absolutely going to be some news that comes out of the Game Awards. And then there wasn't. And I was like, well, I saved this like final segment to do that. So we talked about how there wasn't any news like related to Nintendo coming out of the Game Awards. So hopefully, as you're listening to this, you're buzzing by the amazing Nintendo news that came out of the Game Awards. (laughs) And we will talk about that all next week. But uh, Joe, we very recently and very briefly ran into each other in Seattle. Yes. Uh, Uh, PAX West. Yeah. Yes. PAX West. You ran up to me, said hello. We were both on our way to appointments. So it was very, very (laughs) brief pleasantries. And then I was like, oh, I'll I'll, I'll see her again. Yeah. I didn't. That's (laughs) literally how it works for like everybody whenever you meet them. I felt so bad because uh, when I left Summer Game Fest, I I left without really saying goodbye. I was just like, oh, I'll see everybody at other things. And yeah, you realize that you don't see them until like next year, but that's fine. I'll see everybody again. Yeah, uh, we'll see each other at the Game Awards. Uh, yeah. That happened in the past at, as the at people are listening to this moment. episode. But Joe, we, <laughs> we are here to talk about the eShop gems. Yes. You, uh, when you were with Game Informer, you were always the, the person who was championing indies that many of us had never even heard of mm-hmm. at the time. And then, you know, you made us all fall in love with games like Tunic. Like Tunic you, is so good. you were a champion of Tunic. You were a champion of so many of these lesser known games. Which is why when you left Game Informer, I was so sad. Aside from just like you know being yeah. an awesome person and being a friend, a lovely human being. <laughs> but you know, it, it, I was also very sad to lose that expertise on our team. Yeah. And I mean, I was that so is ha- where the Indie Informer comes from. That was the nickname that the Alexes gave me. Mm-hmm. So like that's why the site. In case anybody who's watching didn't know, that's why the site's called the Indie Informer. 
Well, that's why I'm so happy that you are still able to come on this show to talk about like indies. Cause like you gave me a list, uh, yeah. 20 games that you yes. want to talk about. We're going to, that came to switch in 2023. We're going to go through it chronologically. I went through and ordered them by <sighs> release date on switch. Okay, good. Uh, so we're going to have some <laughs> method to the madness here. And I got to say a lot of these, I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. One mm-hmm. of the best indie mm-hmm. games uh, I have played this year uh, definitely deserves to be on this list. Other ones I'm like, oh, I've heard good things. I haven't played it. Other ones I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and that's why you are the perfect person for this kind of episode, because you just have your finger on the pulse of the indie game community. And eShop Gems, while not necessarily exclusive to indies, it could have just been a game that came out that like didn't make big waves. Now people are kind of discovering after the fact. Mm-hmm. It veers pretty heavily towards the indie community. So that's why we're just calling this the eShop Gems of the Year, because it plays off our eShop Gems of the Week that we used to do more regularly, but we started kind of running out of picks. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we made it an annual thing uh, with having you on here. So Jill, yeah. without further ado, let's jump into the first game that you want to tell us about. That is releasing on January 19th of this year, barely making the cut for this year's episode, A Space for the Unbound. Yes. So this is one that I did not play, but I wanted to. Yes. Um, this is I, I actually am very proud of myself for guessing that this would be the first one because I'm like, I think this one was in January. <laughs> um, this is a game that I actually previewed while I was at Game Informer. So a lot of cool connections there. It is also an indie game that it was sort of the first indie game that came out that got like broad attention. And I was really happy to see it because this is an amazing game. You play, it's weird. It's a weird game. You play as um, a character who you start out and you're kind of friends with a writer who's sort of shy and trying to figure out how she feels about her talent and other people. And you find out she's got kind of an abusive home life. And then you seem to die. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And then you wake up and you are in school. Uh, and you're behind the person who you've been talking to, this writer, and suddenly you're dating this person and no one really knows what's going on. And you go out on this date and cosmic weirdness starts to happen. Um, so there's a lot of very strange, bizarre, like you're not expecting it because it is this beautiful um pixel art kind of cozy looking game and then you've got this weird cosmic stuff happening but also the core of it is just a very personal story about being who you are and and accepting who you are and accepting that life is hard like there's hardship in the world and you need to deal with that um, so, and, and it's just cleverly written. It is a beautiful game. It's set in like rural Indonesia in the 90s. So it's oh. like an unusual setting. Uh, it's just really wonderful. I hope that you get a chance to play it. Well, it was definitely on my list. And I think that it was that preview that you wrote for Game Informer back in the day that uh, kind of put it on my radar. And it's just like this year has been just a nonstop onslaught of releases. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had to pay attention to most of the triple a ones but a, so a lot of these indie ones have slept through the cracks or s- slipped through the cracks and uh this is unfortunately one of them it seems super cool and uh you know it's 20 dollars on the eShop if anybody is interested in checking that out 
And uh, you, uh, you know, you said you guessed that a space for the unbound was the first one. Yeah. And it was the first one by a pretty decent margin because the next one came out more than two months later, okay. March 30th. Can you guess which one that is? Is that, is that Dordon? No. Oh, oh, you're spoiling parts of the list later Sorry. on. You asked me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's another D one though. Dredge. Dredge. Yes, that did come out this early. And that's uh, another one that hit and was just a big sensation across all channels, not just the indie scene. Um, this is one that definitely made a splash. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dredge is so fantastic. If you haven't played it yet, there is a DLC that I believe came out very recently or is uh, when this when the Pale this, Reach DLC. Yes, the Pale Reach DLC, um, which will add more. So go check that out if you haven't. Um, you are a fisherman? Question mark. <laughs> Question mark. You're a person who knows how to drive a boat. Um, and you are seemingly driven to go apply for a fisherman job at a village and you crash and uh the way i like to say it is they kind of tom nook you <laughs> um you crash onto the, the shore and the mayor of the town is super okay with this like everybody's super okay with this which is sort of your first hint that things are a little weird here mm-hmm. um and they're like okay we'll give you a boat you just have to pay us back for it and just go out and fish but as you're going out and fishing you begin to realize things are not 100% as they seem. I love this game because it plays not just with um, weirdness, but also it plays with literally the player. As a person, you start to like, oh my God, what was that? Was that a thing? So it's like, it's messing with your head as well as the character's head. And it's uh, it's got a lot of twists and turns. It is in uh, structure, just a kind of cozy fishing game like it's a very good game loop very compelling you go out you catch fish you come back you're trying to upgrade your boat and then you're so you're trying to get money to get out of debt but then when you get out of debt which isn't very long you don't it doesn't take that long uh to stop having to pay it back but then you're like oh but i really want to get extra like power because my boat goes super slow or i want to get the the net that helps me get deep sea fish so that I can get this object. They're very, very good at that sort of thing. Um, and the way that the story is sort of rolled out is it's slow and it's a drip and it's constantly like eerie and like, what's happening here? So I love it. It's a great game. From what I played, it was it was very fun. I didn't get super deep into it, but yeah, it's it, it there is a little bit of uh similar there's a lot of parallels with this one and one that we're gonna be talking about later, which also was a very big hit this year. Um but wouldn't want to spoil anything coming spoil, up. No, no, we gotta stick around. <laughs> we would do that. But uh yeah, Dredge, very, very fun game, deserved all the attention that it got when it came out in March. Uh, it's $25, or you can get the Digital Deluxe Edition, which comes with the Blackstone Key DLC for $27. And then that aforementioned Pale Reach DLC is $6 on its own. So the next one came out about a month 
later, about three weeks later, really, um, Mr. Sun's Hatbox, which oh, came out it. on April 20. This is one I this is one of those ones that I mentioned where I was like, oh, I don't know what this one even is. But yeah. I looked into it and it looks like it could be very much up my alley. So tell me about this one. This one is dumb fun. I absolutely love it. The conceit of the game is you are some sort of delivery person. Um, and they're all sort of like little meeple people. So it meeple looks, people. yeah, they're little meeples. Um, so everything looks silly and you deliver the titular hat box to Mr. Sun. Uh, but before it can be successfully, the delivery can be successfully completed, you are like attacked by ninjas, you know, or assassins. Just like Animal Crossing. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you vow to return the hat box under any means and start up this sort of lethal delivery person chain organization to go back and uh retrieve the hat box for Mr. Sun as he is under contract uh with like super special retrieval delivery. So as a delivery person it is your job. Um and you just go through level by level uh killing <laughs> murdering and you uh you pick up guns, you pick up hats along the way. Um as you are going you if you make it all the way through, you collect money so you can upgrade your base. So it is also sort of a base builder and as well. Light, right? Yeah. Um, so the more successful runs you get and everything, every single time you're going in, you're trying to like get this hat box. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's not there or, you know, and it's just, it's really silly things. One of my favorite items in this game is uh, the camera. So I don't know if the camera actually does anything to enemies, but when you use it, it literally takes a screenshot of your screen and saves it to your computer. What? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I love this so, so I'm much. I'm assuming that that applies to the Switch version as well, where it's it probably takes a screenshot. Yeah. And saves it. I would 100% believe that. I mean, a lot of, a lot of uh, system, like, like uh, consoles and everything do that now where it's like, when you enter photo mode, it'll automatically save it or whatever. But uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's a that's and because a fun concept. you're and you're playing as um, delivery people, right? Like, so they're not assassins. They're not like good at this. So when you get your first recruits, and when you get any recruits, really, they're all basically coming with like this person is squeamish. They're not going to kill people. This person is afraid of snapping necks, so they 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 can't kill silently this person doesn't like guns so it's like you are under the worst possible um circumstances for trying to set up this organization and it's just fantastic well i hope you're happy because i just hit purchase and download <laughs> mr sun's hat box please on the play it it's so fun so it's so stupid but so fun i have you to thank for that uh 15 which is how much it costs that i uh just spent on mr sun's yeah. hat box and we will I hope see that... how many more of these in the future you'll end well, up thankfully i do own a decent amount of the ones oh, that we're talking about <laughs> here but and i or i am familiar with it and i was just kind of like oh, i can hold off on that for now but uh yeah that is 15 dollars on the eShop, and uh you know the next one that came out was may 25th and this is one that I was familiar with, but I have not played. The Case of the Golden Idol. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. I feel like I say this for every title that comes up, but it's like, this is such a unique game. Um, sort of think uh, a case, uh, the Oberdin. Sort of think yes. about uh, that. But uh, Case of the Golden Idol is a lot more designed to make you feel smart. Whereas Oberdin, for me, maybe there are a ton of smart people out there, I'm sure. Um, was just like, wow, I feel really dumb. I am trying to figure all this out. Whereas Golden Idol is a mystery solving game. You play various sort of vignettes that move slightly. So it's not just like a still picture. Uh, and you're going around and you're finding clues and you're piecing it together. And when you find clues, they turn into words, which um, you have sort of two gameplay sections the first is investigating the scene and the second is piecing together what you think happened and very cleverly they give you all these words in a word bank and the piecing together is kind of like a paragraph where you just put those words in and plug them in um so you kind of have a sense of what you are trying to figure out and who might be doing things so it gives you enough so that you feel like you are solving everything but and you just feel really really smart but it's also very tricky it isn't like an easy like oh i breezed through that it wasn't even anything like it will challenge you the thing i wasn't expecting when i first played it is there is a wild story that goes along with it <laughs> the the golden idol is sort of the the macguffin throughout it and you are trying to figure out like what has happened in every kind of crime murder scene investigation you're doing has something connected to this golden idol and by the end of it like the golden idol has really changed the society in which you live and it's so weird and i oh if you haven't played this please please do yeah i know that it did have a lot of uh a lot of people who loved it back when it came out, but I, it just so many games this year yeah. that I just could not play this one. And I'm, I'm bummed about it. Um, but it came out May 25th. It is $18 or $30 for the complete edition, which includes the spider of Lanka and Lemurian vampire DLC. Have you played those DLCs? Yes, I have. Both are very good as well. Like a lot of times if you get DLC, you're like, Oh, is it going to be okay? But both very good. Both. Um, continue on the story. I, I believe both of those are sort of prequels to what happens. So you can play Case of the Golden Idol first and then check those out. Or if you want to check those out and get the before what happens with the Golden Idol, you can do that as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, DLC is a hard time, a hard sell for me because it's like once I finish a game and I've moved on, like I, it's so hard for me to go back. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a big Sonic guy. Yeah. I have not gone and played the Sonic Frontiers like new story content that they mm -hmm. put out because it came out a year after that game came out. I'm like, yeah, I think I've moved past that game, even though I liked it a lot. And it's like, it's so hard for me to go back. And like, that's why like season passes are always just a bad idea for me. Like, it's like, hey, you can buy this and like, for $30, you'll get all the DLC as it comes out. And it's like, I've done that a few times. And I just know myself by now that it's like, I probably won't go back to that right. game. The like, nice it, it, thing about this game in particular is the way that it is structured to be like mm -hmm. scenes. 
it is a lot easier to insert DLC because it's like, oh, it's just a new scene. So it doesn't feel like you're sort of having to reintegrate. All seamless. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that again, $18 or $30, depending on the edition that you want there. Uh, now we're starting to get to the part where these games are coming out at a slightly more rapid clip. Not quite where we get later in this list as we get into like the holiday season and the fall. Yeah. But, uh, you know, summer had like kind of like a pretty steady release uh, cadence here. So here's the one, uh, Door Dawn. Your, uh, your, the uh, one you guessed. My guess. I'm like, guess I knew for that the this game came, that came out. out in March. It came yeah. out actually June 13th. So while sense. we were at a summer game fest, right? That Time was, has that was no week. meaning. Yeah. I, I probably had finished it beforehand to make sure that I could cover it. But um, it is the... I want to say it's the most gorgeous game that came out this year, but I can't even 100% say that because there were so many amazing Mm -hmm. visuals that hit this year that I'm just like, (laughs) if you see this game, it is essentially a moving watercolor. It is a watercolor painting in motion just looking at like screenshots you can see how beautiful it is but somehow actually playing it is more beautiful like if you if you can believe that um and it is gorgeous like i'm scrolling through the screenshots right now i've seen it because i have you know i edited marcus's i believe who's the one that reviewed it i edited his review and i ended up uh you know thinking that it looked amazing while I was doing it, but I haven't seen any video footage of it. So I should definitely check that out. Cause it's like beautiful in its own, like just standing still. So like seeing yeah. it in motion, I can't even imagine. Uh, and the game is you play as Mimi and you are playing as adult Mimi to begin with 30 something, having some hard times. She gets a letter explaining that an estranged grandmother has passed away. Uh, And she goes back and when you go back to the house to sort of collect things that she's left for you, you start to kind of trigger memories of a summer you spent with her in in Dordogne, which is a beautiful place in France. Um, And it is your adventures from then on as like a 12 year old, I want to say, like a very young girl running around the countryside having uh, adventures and learning about why you kind of forgot that summer and meeting with friends and fighting dragons and it's just a lot of it is um a kind of a point and click is not really correct but it is an adventure game through and through it is something that is designed to make you feel and it is gorgeous beyond all belief I mean, I can see that just from the still images. And if you're telling me it's even better in motion, then Gorgeous Beyond All Belief is a great descriptor for (laughs) this game. But came out June 13th, and it is $20, if that sounds up your alley. Even if if it doesn't sound like something you want to drop $20 on, just go look at it, because (laughs) it is art. It is is art. It is 100% art. And uh, going to the next game, July 12th, Oxenfree 2, a sequel oh, to yeah. one of the, I would say, most beloved indies of maybe the last 10 years. Yeah. That's, um, that's fair to say. Yes. In the follow-up, you play a an adult this time, and you're sort of dealing more with 
adult issues. Whereas in the first game, you were a teenager, you were figuring out like teenage drama and how you fit into the world. And, um, and then it just happens to counteract with the scary radio frequency supernatural and you do run into that and you run into the supernatural world much quicker in the second game which i appreciate because the first one is sort of a slow burn you're like okay where's this going and then the the radio waves thing is a, a a little bit of a shock i feel yeah i was gonna say i feel like the marketing of oxen free one as somebody who didn't play either game i remember the marketing of oxen free one being like kind of like straightforward like teen drama kind of thing mm -hmm. and then i see the marketing for oxen free 2 and it really played into the supernatural elements and i was like is this really the same series because i didn't yeah. play the first one so like i didn't really i oh, didn't know how creepy. much about the supernatural stuff it gets creepy like it's not just this is one of the games it might be one of the i oh shoot let me double check yeah <laughs> it might be the scariest game on this list Ooh. Like, there are moments where it's legitimately like, oh, my God, what was that? You know, like, <laughs> uh, there are creepy things. There are people talking to you from perhaps beyond the grave. There are things that are, like, within the first, I don't, I don't want to say half an hour, you see your own dead body floating on a river past you in a cave mm -hmm. that just suddenly disappears. And you're like... What was that? Uh, and there's a lot of like, it is an interesting way to wrap it up. It is a study on being an adult and dealing with relationships at that age and how you deal with estranged uh, relationships and mm -hmm. whether or not you can get those back and whether or not the decisions you've made are worthy of also having strained relationships down the line and at the same time sort of trying to figure out what was unleashed in the first game and trying to solve and perhaps save the world so there's a lot of fun going on there and the art style while similar was updated and i really really love the sort of more hand-drawn in-depth sort of 3d 2d space and also like if you don't want to pay money for this but you have a netflix account it is included with your netflix account because night school was purchased by netflix yes so uh it's a very critically acclaimed game and you know it's available at no additional cost if you don't want to play it if you, if you don't mind not playing it on switch i believe it's the pc version or is it the mobile version that's included with netflix i i want to say mobile but it could be either i think I forget how it works I, I think most of the the if not all of the netflix deals that you get because i think like terra nil is also in this scenario mm -hmm. where yeah. which unfortunately did not come to switch i love that game yeah uh but it did not come to switch but it came to like pc and mobile if you want to get PC, you have to buy it on Steam. If you want the mobile version, you can link to your Netflix account and download it that way. But Oxenfree, I, it is on Steam. It's on Switch. It's on PlayStation, but it's also on mobile. And I think the mobile version that's included with your Netflix subscription. But if you want it on Switch, $20. Mm -hmm. 
you could do a lot worse with that $20 from what I understand. I hear it's amazing. You seem to be very fond of it. So mm-hmm. uh, that is one that I, I think that if you're a fan of like adventure games, you're a fan of kind of the creepy supernatural side of storytelling in video games, this seems like it's a great pick for you. And then we're going to do a complete 180 with our next game. Uh, came out July 21st, Venba. Aww. Which... Uh, from what I understand, nothing to do with scary supernatural stuff no. and all about cooking. Uh, yes and no. Cooking is the structure of it. Um, and I will warn you, if you are playing this, you will get hungry. Oh, no. <laughs> so be very conscious of that when you go in because everything looks and smells somehow delicious yeah i know wait is there some sort of technology that i don't know exists it's like before your eyes but like somehow they've made it shoot out the microphone or something um (laughs) no like you can just smell it somehow um venba is the story of a a woman named venba who moves with her husband to canada from india um and you see her life through sort of the decades through cooking and she is attempting to keep her cultural identity by sort of remembering the recipes and honoring the past. Her cookbook is uh, increasingly sort of damaged and, you know, time worn. Um, And it is a lot about just looking at the experience of being an immigrant in like the nineties, I want to say is when they start and they go up through kind of the two thousands. And then you see her experience and her husband's experience and the struggles they go through. And then they have a son and then they see how their relationship strains and how he is dealing with his identity or, or not dealing with in a lot of cases and how he kind of rejects a lot of it. And then they reconnect via food because that comes in later. And you're just sort of like, you're watching and you're like, I understand why this is happening, but I hate this. And, and then you see things that you're like, Oh, I love this so much. And then you see things that are, I I am so upset with humanity and then you know it doesn't there is no big fluffy happy ending it is a very realistic ending but it all ties together in a very beautiful way and it is a game even if you are not someone who has had the experiences that this family has had if you are a person who has ever felt like an outsider or not you know good enough or like imposter syndrome is very like prevalent in our industry um this game will speak to you so this is a like a very specific story that it tells but it applies so broadly to kind of the human experience and you get to play uh through all of this kind of through food I love games like that, that use a very specific mechanism and then give you kind of clues to the way their lives are playing out over the course of an extended period of time, just 
in the surrounding parts, the surrounding aspects of the 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 core mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. Like the ones I think of are like unpacking. Yeah. Or Florence. Those are ones that are like, all right, there's these very core mechanics, but through the surrounding circumstances of those mechanics, you see like, oh, they're going through a breakup right now, or oh, the this relationship's really struggling, or oh, she's moving in with like her girlfriend or, oh no, they, they she must've broken up with her because they've, they've moved, like she's getting a smaller place or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's, and I love stuff like that. And I, this is one of those that I uh, am teetering on the purchase button right now. Do it, Shay. Do it, Shay. <laughs> I already got Mr. Sun's hat box, which, uh, but yeah, this, the, your description, I mean, I've, I've heard nothing but glowing things about this. Um, Rightfully so. And it, it's a bummer that it, it's just one of the casualties of this year because it's definitely one that, uh, I mean, I love cooking. I love stories like this. Um, It's a very short game. That's, that's another good selling point for someone (laughs) like me who tries to play a lot of games. Uh (laughs) Oh, Jill, why are you doing this to me? Why did I do this to myself by inviting you on here and tell and say, Hey, bring me 20 games that people should check out. (laughs) Sell me on these games. And then I'll get upset that you are selling me on these games. Uh Uh, You're you're being successful at what I've asked you to do. (laughs) That's like the whole thing. If anybody wants to go watch like the Indie Council, which is a podcast I do, like that is a dangerous thing to be a part of because every uh, episode people come in with what they're playing. I'm like... Oh, now I have to play that. That's I've always <laughs> said that the eShop gem of the week is the most dangerous segment in all things yeah. Nintendo. 100%. And uh, because people just bring these amazing games, they talk so passionately about them, and they really are selling me on why this is a gem. And I'm like, oh, God, you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've dropped hundreds of dollars on, based on the eShop gem of the week segment, and this is off to a poor start in that regard. Yeah. Or <laughs> but slash a very good start. Yes. Yeah. Uh, both sides of the spectrum there but uh venba it's 15 bucks so uh, you're not going to feel terrible if you drop the money on this game it sounds like uh, if you play it you will actually love it so that came out july 31st it's available on i think pretty much every platform um if i'm not mistaken but uh all right we're going to move on to the next release of the summer august 16th this is one that i am not familiar with at all the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I've even heard of this one. Oh I went my from gosh. like, this is a game that I absolutely want to play, but haven't really gotten around to it with Venba to what is this game? So tell me, Jill, what is this game? So chronically like slept on. I really want to shout this game out. It is weird and interesting. And uh, you basically start out as you are a witch. And you have been exiled to space for reasons that we will learn throughout the game. And you've been there for centuries and you're starting to kind of lose your mind. Like there are hints of, you know, witches in this universe being uh, immortal and I I believe very hard to kill. Um, Unfortunate situations where you attempt to end this situation in any way possible um the the way you are attempting when we start the game is that you are summoning like a very bad demon to come and help you who turns out to be kind of cool like <laughs> um just like tom nook yeah imagine tom nook floating in space and you've got it he's a demon um, that actually turns out to be cool yeah 
so this demon appears and is like, I can help you get through your situation. Um, your magic, which had been uh, when you were exiled, you're not allowed to use it anymore, had been in this sort of tarot card reading realm. So the demon offers you the ability to create your own cards. So this is a lot of fun just in and of itself because it's literally like an artistic endeavor. You are like literally like arting your cards. And I took way longer on this than I <laughs> thought I would. Um, but you gain like strength and I can't remember what all of the attributes are, but you're gaining attributes through dialogue and this demon is helping you out. And so you can create cards that have these attributes as you're going along. And so you sort of find out that... Uh, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you that. Well, I, um, I will say that it was it when I went to the eShop page just now. Yeah. Because I'm bringing up all these games as you're telling me so I can have like the visual reference if I don't, <laughs> I'm not familiar with them. Uh-huh. It was one of the few games that has asked me to enter my age. So yeah. there's definitely some mature themes at play. There are and, definitely. Uh, th also, when I was typing into Google, the first result was uh, the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood and then ending. And I'm like, okay, well, so there must be some stuff that... People yes. are uh, interested in diving deeper into with the way yes. this game wraps up. The way that the game kind of twists and branches relies on your tarot card reading. So you, for various reasons, run into various people. And by turning the cards, you change how things might happen. So hmm. if someone is like, hey... I want to find this artifact. Where can I find it? It's like, okay, so I if I turn one card, it's like, it's on a moon 500 years in the future or something. Or like uh, another card will be, it is underground in a lava pit or something. And depending on which of those you end up getting or which of those you decide, because you are actually kind of deciding which cards to put down. Mm -hmm. um you like maybe that person dies in the lava pit and like you won't know that they'll explain it later and maybe that person could have helped you with a future situation and now you don't have them um or maybe they go to the moon and and get fused with a demon and now you got to deal with that situation and everything sort of comes to a head with your coven discovering that you have kind of done this and everything sort of starts collapsing you have to save like reality as you know it you know so you know it's simple stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i'm looking at it this is another one that like i'm like kind of hovering over but i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna settle with adding this to my wish list and maybe waiting for a sale even though it's already kind of cheap it's 18 bucks do it uh but yeah it is on my wish list uh we're actually going to go to the next game, which we went from the game that is something I have never even heard of to probably my favorite game on this list. And 
also the cheapest game on this list, which Ooh. you definitely know which one I'm talking about then. It is Vampire Survivors, <laughs> which one of the biggest surprise hits of last year, but yeah. it came to Switch on August 17th of this year, and it's been one I've been waiting for on Switch since I first played Vampire Survivors. It is just one of the most just okay one more time one more time just i i cannot tell you how many hours i've sunk into this across both xbox and switch because i was playing it on xbox i probably put in about 20 hours on that one and then it was announced for switch i'm like all right i'm gonna stop my progress immediately and make switch my main one because it i've described it on this show in the past as like a cheat code for travel because you just get on your plane you turn on vampire survivors it's very simple it's no not like a whole lot of brain power required and you just lose, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, <laughs> like very, very easily. And it just yeah. flies by. But uh, I mean, this it's a single stick game, which is when somebody told me it was a single stick game. I'm like, that sounds very dumb. But it's so much fun. Like it yeah. is like you're just building your characters as you go, like unlocking new abilities, basically taking like taking on like thousands of enemies at a time. And with like very top down pixelated graphics, uh, looks like, I mean, until you unlock like the more advanced abilities, it looks like it could be running on an NES. Yeah. But it, then you get like more and more advanced abilities turn into the most unstoppable killing machine that has ever existed in a video game. And uh, even then you might still lose because yes. like there are very difficult <laughs> challenges in this and like sometimes you just don't have it like sometimes it's like okay this was like a pretty easy uh ascent to victory and then other times it's like i did everything right but just like the the cards didn't fall in my my uh my way but uh anything else to add about this game because it is it, it, every time they do a free title update or release new dlc this is one i do go back to mm -hmm. yeah. and uh you know i mean I, I, you say it's a travel game. I have it on my list of like best sick games because it just oh, yeah. takes that little effort like brain wise. And it's so engrossing that you forget that you feel gross. Um, it is good. Like everything you said, I repeated, but also it has that element that I love of sort of like older games where things happen and they're not like telegraphed. So it is 100% like a surprise when you unlock a new character because mm -hmm. it's not like telling you, oh, you're going to unlock a character if you do this. Like there are no like objective markers. Like at some point you get a map unlocked like and it never tells you that you're going to unlock a map, but it won't like at some point you just like, oh, you have a map. And then you look at the map and you're like, oh, there are question marks on this map. Let me go to that. So there is an element of just like, I didn't know that it was going to get deeper and then it got deeper, which is fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I, I think this won last year's uh, all things Nintendo award for game that is out already that we most won on switch or whatever, whatever the punchy version of that title is. <laughs> Cause like the year before in 2021, it was like, yeah, we want persona five Royal on switch. And then it came to switch vampire survivors was the pick last year, if I'm not mistaken. And here we have it. It is now on switch it's five dollars five dollars for the game and then there's two dlc releases and you're like oh god well that's how they get you they're only yep. two dollars each yeah so if you want everything this game has to offer you're talking nine bucks even with even if there's no sale going on nine dollars for the entire vampire survivors collection i think there might be another 
was it a DLC that they announced or a free title update? I think it was a free title update. So that they just like announced. Yeah, the winter one. Yeah. So $9, you get hours and hours of gameplay. But like, there's also sales. I think like when it first came out, it was like on sale for like $1.50. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't 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 force me into it or anything. Don't twist my arm. But yeah, the <laughs> Vampire Survivors is the game on this list that I most love. But there's plenty of other good games on this list that we still have to go over. So we're going to move on. This is one that is not my favorite on the list because I haven't had a chance to play it because this has been the long the the craziest stretch in my career in terms of like combination of travel and also uh other work that I've had to do, like, I mean, around this time I was working on the Super Mario Brothers Wonder cover story. So mm-hmm. I was very, very busy with all things Mario. And uh Yeah, I reached out and I was like, Shay, you need to calm him down. It's like I'm looking at these like back-to-back cover stories and you're just like burning that oil. Yeah, because I went from Sonic Superstars almost immediately. I think we had one issue between Sonic and Mario Wonder. So this was a very busy summer for me, and uh, it's only getting busier, let me tell you. So Mm -hmm. Sea of Stars is the game we're dancing around talking about. came out (laughs) August 29th, and it is the reason I'm telling you it's it's not my favorite game of this year is because I haven't played it, but it is the game out of every game, not just eShop Gems, not just Indies, out of all the games that came out in 2023 that I most want to play. I mm-hmm. want to play this game more than any other game that I haven't played that came out in 2023, and it's Sea of Stars. So tell me about why I should fire this up right now. It's on my Switch <laughs> as we record this episode. Yeah. Uh, Shay, I have news for you. Like, echoing everything you've said, not just with AAA, the indie scene has been unstoppable. There has been a, like, barricade of games that are just hitting me in the face. I have actually not played through Sea of Stars either. You've played like, it, not played through it. I have played it. it. I've not played through it. Um, I've got to do very early kind of previews. The person who did our review is one John Carson, which people uh, might remember. Former shout out John Carson. Game informer, editor, and absolutely lovely human being. Um, this is so up his alley. So he got to do the review for us. Um, go check that out if you haven't seen it but sea of stars is a sort of uh, it is pixelated jrpg kind of it had uh, the big start to it was like it had a lot of people already like kickstarter and they had a lot of big following behind it um and it is a a pair of twins and you can choose who you want to play and it is a turn based but the thing i really like about the combat that i've played so far is there are instances where like in a normal turn based game you you pick your your attack and you you see how it goes but like there are attacks in this game where it suddenly turns from turn based to like real time action and you have to be really on it. And I'm thinking very specifically of like, there's a boomerang and you have to like constantly be hitting in order for the boomerang to go back and like ping between a bunch of different enemies and uh, do damage to them. And that is such a cool concept. I love all of these games that are starting to push that formula a little bit and twisting on it so that 
you know, it's familiar, but at the same time, totally new and something interesting to play. Not only do I enjoy the combat, but this game is another one of those gorgeous games that came out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am like, again, so swamped with so many things that I am playing that I also have to get uh, more into this game and I am going to try to do it before the end of the year. So good luck to both of us, eh? <sighs> so I remember my first experience with Sea of Stars. It was the first remote interview that I did once COVID shut everything down and we weren't like traveling for events. Like literally, I think it was the first week that everybody was just stuck at home. Mm-hmm. And I got an email from PR being like, hey, we have like the next game from the studio behind the messenger. And we wanted to see if you'd be interested in like interviewing them ahead of the announcement. So like I knew about it before it was announced. And I was like, oh, this looks amazing. Cause they showed me like a little bit of a brief like gameplay demo and everything. And like then talking to the, uh, I guess it was like the, the two directors or maybe the director and the producer or whatever. And like just chatting with them about it, like uh, ended up being awesome. And I thought the messenger was good, not great. Um, I think that there are brilliant parts of that game. And then there are some things like the Metroidvania format just didn't work for me in that game, but like the side scrolling, like linear action levels were amazing. Mm-hmm. This takes place in that same universe, which, yep. uh, but it's like a thousand or 2000 years in the future or in the past, right? Like it's like a prequel, like a distant prequel. Yeah. Something like that. It's like a world prequel, I guess, is the best way to put it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if there's any like connective tissue between the actual story of the characters or anything like that, but yeah, Sea of Stars, I've heard Nothing but glowing things from everybody who's played it. Uh, amazing turn-based RPG. Again, top of the list of games I want to check out when I finally have some some downtime. And uh, it's $35 if uh, it sounds like it's up your alley. And it's one of the ones that we did a cover story on yeah. earlier this year. And the cover art is so gorgeous that I am extremely bummed I didn't write it because I have all of my cover stories framed on my wall. I'm looking at them right now. And I'm like, man, that would have looked so good framed up on my wall. But (laughs) can't break break protocol. Just cross out. I assume it was like Marcus. It was Kyle. Was it Kyle? No way. And he also reviewed it for us, I believe. He Kyle. he loves like yeah, uh, Chrono Trigger and everything. So oh, like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah that makes sense. Perfect for him because this is like a. I'm sure successor. there were people who wanted to like murder him to get that chance. I mean, it was cross it, out his name and just put yours. <laughs> it was definitely a hotly contested one that a lot of people wanted to write. Um, but yeah, I'm super glad we got it on our cover and it turned out to be a success. Uh, came out August 29th and it is thirty five dollars if you are interested. So the next one on the list came out September 5th. It is Chance of Sinar. Sinar. So tell me about this one, because I'm not very familiar with this. This is perhaps one of the most innovative games that came out this year. Uh, I love the art style. Very minimalistic, very like pop colors of reds and yellows and blues when those start getting introduced. Ooh, Um, looking at it now. It's really striking. Yes. Visually lovely. The core concept of the game is essentially it is fanfic for the tower of babel okay (laughs) um for anyone not familiar with the story um a group of human beings try to build a tower to god and who becomes angry and 
breaks the tower and curses all of the people to speak different languages so they can no longer understand each other. And that's the explanation for why we all speak different languages in different parts of the world, which yes, it's very weird to think that like, all right, now all of a sudden I speak like Spanish. <laughs> you know, this isn't how it I w- Like as somebody who's trying to learn Spanish through Duolingo right now for like the last 600 days, I just hit my uh-huh. 600 day streak. I wish I would be afflicted with that right yeah, now because it would be, be so great. much easier if like I was just suddenly like, oh, you're cursed to speak Spanish now. It's like, oh, that's actually that. very, very, it's a lot easier than doing Duolingo every day. Yeah. Get that dumb <laughs> owl off your back. <laughs> exactly. Um, I could delete the owl. <laughs> so you start the game. And instead of everybody speaking a different language, it seems like no one, I mean, everyone sort of speaks, but no one really understands. So you're sort of learning language as okay. the, the gameplay. So great example. You start the game. You are in front of a door. There is a plaque next to the door. There is a lever below the plaque. You look at the plaque and it has symbol, 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 symbol lever (laughs) um and you're like okay um how do i deal with this and then sort of like um golden idol you will collect those symbols in a journal Mm -hmm. and then when you actually pull the lever the door opens so by sort of inference you can figure out that one of those symbols is door one of those symbols is closed and one is open. So from there, it builds on to the next thing where uh, the journal page comes up and it has a lovely illustration and you put in the the symbol that your guess for door. And then it's like, yes, you're you, this means door. So from now on, door is unlocked for you. Oh, interesting. Like, so now you move forward and... And, and door is unlocked and the word open is unlocked and the word close is unlocked. So you move forward and then there's a whole new situation. Like you run into a person. And so when they are speaking to you, it's like symbol, 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 open, symbol, symbol, symbol. So you're like, okay, now I have to figure out what all of this means. And so you are going through step by step, coming up with and figuring out all of these different symbols to get through the story unfolding of this these people who have been afflicted by this curse and it is a very very interesting concept and i just sort of love how unique and interesting it is it sounds really unique and interesting and the art style itself is amazing and uh it's added to my wish list officially and there's a demo (laughs) that you can download on the eShop if you would like to check it out i don't know if the progress carries forward i actually have reached a point in my life where if a demo's progress does not carry forward, I am very unlikely to play the demo. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to like have to replay stuff if I end up liking it. Right. Um, but yeah, Chance of Sinar uh, came out September 5th and it is $20 if you are interested in checking that out. And I am, I'm very interested in checking that out based on your description. That sounds amazing. I heard some very good cool. stuff. It just, uh, I just never really dug too much into it. So we're going to go into one that I know you were so excited for before it came out. I bet you can guess on which one this is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to say. This it, is another trap. You're, good. Uh, You're trying uh, to trick uh, me. Is it, does it have a catchy theme song? 
does have a catchy theme song. The oh, one no. you're thinking it is. Uh, I don't know. Myth Force. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were so yes. excited for this game. Oh, my it's gosh. It's on your list, so I assume you ended yes, up liking it have... a lot. Oh, it's fantastic, Shay. Uh, <laughs> if you have not heard the theme song for this game, please do, because I... I would actually throw this into the game informer when we were to have like morning meetings. I would throw this into the in the chat in the morning meeting just to like get everybody in a good mood because it's so catchy. It is essentially a game that encapsulates the feeling of Saturday morning cartoons in the eighties. So, like you're thinking like Masters of the Universe stuff like that, like Thundercats, Thundercats. Like it is that it is a sort of over the top. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's not making fun of it. It is very um, like loving and caring about all of this sort of property. Uh, it is a it is built as a multiplayer game. You can play it solo, and I've done that. Um, and it's essentially just like going from room to room, clearing the rooms as your chosen character my particular main is hawkins who is the archer because uh, at him best. now <laughs> um and you're killing skeletons and you're killing mushroom men and you're killing like big giant lizard guys um and you're going after like very 80s like villains that are just like ha 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 i am going to take over the world like that sort of like there's no gray area here you're the good guy they're the bad guy the art style is so incredible it is, it is. hand painted I believe it's definitely the visual style is is meant to look that way, but it is it is like walking into a cartoon um, of the eighties, and it is so much fun. You are trying to just get through, and you are collecting loot along the way. You are upgrading your character. You are getting perks so that you're getting stronger and stronger. And hopefully you get to the end and collect gems so you can go back to the village and kind of perma-upgrade your character more. And it's just a fun time with friends. It is a great hangout with friends and, you know, talk and go through and kill a bunch of skeletons. Now, is it fun as a single-player game, though? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. And I believe, is it four-player co-op? on it is on other platforms it seems as though it's only two-player co-op on switch hmm. which makes it definitely one that you might want to consider playing on a different <laughs> platform because it sounds like it's really fun in like four player yeah uh to hang out with like three of your friends and and play through this cartoon but uh is it do you know if it's like always online like do you have to like be connected to the internet? like could i play this on a flight i think you can i don't think you have to be connected online interesting okay well i'm just curious it looks like a lot of fun i, I feel like i would want to play it on like xbox or playstation though to get full advantage of the four player madness yeah um but yeah myth force it is 30 dollars if you are interested in that and it came out september 12th one day later we got another game that's on this list gunbrella gunbrella september 13th <laughs> tell me about gunbrella this is one that i have downloaded onto my switch but 
guess what? Haven't gotten around to playing it. No, you have to play this game. This is when we start getting into the time of year where things are starting to hit like hard. So it is one that I think so, so, so slept on. And I'm like, it didn't even get a nod at the Game Awards, which I'm super like surprised about um, and also really upset by because I love this game. I love this game from the time that I first played like a demo of it. I loved it all the way through. Oh, give me one second. My cats need to feed. Um, <laughs> I the the game is another one that you'll probably have to put your age in for because it is a mature game. It is stylistic in the sense that like you are constantly murdering people and their blood is splattering across everything. Um, it is sort of a gritty. Like the the story itself is pretty straightforward. You find out quite quickly that something has happened to your family, um, and you are on a mission uh, regarding the like finding the person that did this. Um, you it, it, beautiful, beautiful pixel art, mm-hmm. but it also has a very surprisingly like humor to it that just makes me laugh because it's like you're in this really gritty situation you're you're making hard decisions about whether or not you're gonna like are, are you gonna betray this person are you going to kill this person or let this person go in which case if you let them go they'll help you later down the line so there's a lot of like choices that determine you know what happens in the future which is really cool um i should probably mention that it is a platformer an action platformer 2d action platformer yes which just makes so people it know super up my alley <laughs> it is so good the mechanics all of the l- locomotion is the word i'm thinking of but that doesn't sound right traversal i guess so so buttery smooth uh-huh. it is like playing silk you mainly move with your gunbrella the name of the thing it's so silly like you can tell that it's sort of silly because the gunbrella is literally a gun that's also an umbrella um <laughs> so you shoot with it but you can open the umbrella and then you like shoot into the air and you can kind of drift down you can open the umbrella if you do it at the right time you can bounce projectiles back um And it's all executed just so, so, so perfectly that it is a real pleasure just to play this game. Um, And you are doing silly things and you are running into cults and like the first thing that you you run into a a lovely woman selling apples who's afraid for, I think it's her sister who hasn't shown up in a while. So you go off and like, you don't help this situation. You know, like you, you further your own mission of finding out what's happening to your family. Um, But like this woman probably would have been better off. (laughs) Like without you, you're, you're not the big hero. You know, the day is not saved at the end of this. Um, But you are shooting enemies and you are, I mean, the way that they use the umbrella, gunbrella and, ramp it up and in different ways and challenge you platforming wise so so good i love it it is 
a lot of fun. It is a lot of like it can get heavy at times and you can you know like oh what what would happen if i had done this instead of this and that's the sort of game i really like is it makes me think about what happened afterwards uh, shay you should be playing this game i want to yeah it's up there uh with sea of stars in terms of like games on my switch that i want to play uh but yeah just been busy so uh it's 15 dollars if you haven't already purchased it like i have but uh <laughs> it is uh it's available now it came out september 13th on switch so next up ne- next up is a uh, game that came out september 29th so we're getting really into getting the back. meat of uh-huh. this uh mm-hmm. of of these these game releases uh this is a game called cocoon which i know that yes. we saw at summer game fest mm-hmm uh, but tell me about why this is on your list of like your favorite 20 indies in 2023. Yeah. So Cocoon already had a legacy going in. Like the creator helped with Limbo and Inside. So there was already buzz about it. Um, I, you know, I wasn't that interested in it. Like I knew I'm like, OK, I have to check this out because it's got that great lineage behind it. Um, but like, it's got a bug thing. Like, I I believe that I wrote when this was revealed, I can't remember when this was revealed, but I was with Game Informer and we were, it was during a showcase. Uh, and it was one of those things where it's like, okay, Jill, go (laughs) cover it. I'm like, so like I knew about it and I was excited. I had it on my list. Um, so summer game fest came around. It was the first time anybody had ever seen it or Mm -hmm. like actually gone hands on with it. And I got out of that session. And I just started telling everybody, like, you need to play this game. This is a serious game. This is going to be a game of the year kind of game. Um, It is so good. It is probably the best design game I might have ever played. Like, you have, it's a, a beautiful, minimalistic, who knows what's going on with the story, but that's another reason to love, because things are wild. And you never get any prompts on the screen. You never get told what to do. You're not told what's happening, but somehow you always know a hundred percent what you are supposed to do. Hmm. You know, it's like, I don't know how you do that kind of absolutely fantastic design work, but man, uh, it's gorgeous. It has stellar like audio design. It, is it's hard to explain exactly what's happening you you fall out of space as a sort of like falling stars thing uh and it powers up your little cocoon i guess and you plop out as like a bug and you are it's such a like galaxy brain thing you are it's essentially a puzzle game You pick up a bunch of marble-looking things, but each Mm -hmm. marble is a world. Yeah, and you can kind of like the Men in Black thing, right? Yes, yes. (laughs) That's what I immediately think of. You put it down. You can jump inside of it. It's this whole world that's going on. But then when you jump back out, it's just a little marble. And every time you get through this world, you are uh, confronted at the end by a boss of some sort and they're called guardians right so like what are they guarding and like why are you doing this and are you the good guy i don't know i've finished this game i still can't tell you (laughs) 
uh, and then like you pick up other worlds along the way and it, you start to get like worlds within worlds. So you take your world on your back into another world to be able to do stuff because once you beat the guardian, each orb has its own sort of superpower. So the first orb is a red orb uh, and it's a desert planet. And when you pop out of the planet, the orb reveals pathways once you defeat the the final boss so okay. like you're walking along pathways that are, are now unlocked because you've defeated that world and so every world has this sort of like once you get through the whole thing but like getting through a world oftentimes requires you to use the other world's powers so you have mm -hmm. to like dive into and at the end it's like a point at which i'm like i'm literally inside this world inside this world inside this world very much an inception <laughs> kind of vibe yes and it's like if you think about it too hard your brain kind of explodes <laughs> but because it's so well made you're never really lost on what to do some of the puzzles are are challenging Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time, it's because you're overthinking it. Like, if I'm watching people play this game, and I've watched, a, like, Janet Garcia or Dan Tack, um, I have watched play, and, like, almost every time, I'm like, the biggest hint I can give you is don't overthink this. It is actually very simple. Oh, man. Don't get in your own head about it. <laughs> so, it's so good. It's, again, another one I've wanted to check out the final product of, uh, but everybody's told me it's very good and your description again makes me want to go play it so thank you jill uh but That's it is my job. 25 dollars if you would like to check that out cocoon came out september 29th and then here's another one that i have no familiarity with whatsoever it came out october 26th frog detective the entire oh. mystery so tell me about so, frog detective frog detective is actually quite an old game um it is a very silly you are a frog. You are detecting. <laughs> like, um, wow. The f yeah, what a revelation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, like, you have a um, lobster who's a detective who's, like, the number one detective. And you're like, oh, I love the lobster. Or, like, oh, it's just so silly, Shay. So the first one that I actually played was the third one, which is um, cowboy-themed. <laughs> So you just show up okay. in this cowboy town and you're trying to solve like everyone's hats have gone missing, I believe is the actual oh, no. mystery. Yeah, I know. <laughs> big deal. That would be a big mystery, though, if like if I if everybody in your town woke up and like every hat they owned was gone, like I would be like, oh, like something bigger is going on here. <laughs> <laughs> like and to just get you to understand how kind of silly this game is when you start out you you get off the train you go into the one very conveniently placed like telephone booth uh and your manager senior chief of police or whatever i was like i've i've sent a transportation ne necessary and you like you get out and you're thinking like oh i'm going to get like a horse cuz it's cowboy theme you get out and there's like a scooter <laughs> And so the game turns into just me for half an hour playing on the scooter and like doing Tony Hawk tricks. And it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and you roll up to the town and you're trying like you it is very much you you talk to a person, they have a problem. You talk to the next person, they have a problem, but they might be able to help you with the last problem, which helps you with the next problem. Um, 
And they're all things like, oh, I've lost all my my painting ability. I have no muse. And there's another person who's like, I wish I had a mute. Like, I wish I had someone who could paint me or something. Um, or like, I don't remember why this was. Oh, at one point, you go into a vault and the vault owner has accidentally like locked themselves out or someone has like a they have like a lockbox in the vault and they've forgotten their password or something. They've forgotten their ID uh, and the vault owner won't let them in. So later on you find someone who sells like fake IDs. <laughs> so you're like, Oh, okay. I'll get her fake ID for this vault. And like you commission this person to like make all your false identity stuff. And then you go back and you pretend like, oh, yes, I'm the owner of this. And the like the vault owner for some reason has no idea that they're being duped. And they and you get whatever's in the vault. It's going to it's something stupid like a banana, you know, and then and it's all very silly until you get to like where I thought the ending was going to be. And then I get so angry, Shay. Something happens that I'm like, this cannot be the end. I am not going to let this stand. How dare you? So like by the time I'm done, it's like a couple of hours long. I'm like steaming mad at this game. Not going to let it end this way. And then it continues. And I'm like, that's genius. This silly little <laughs> game made me feel so like invested. Oh, um, and the rest of them are all just equally very silly. But well. You, Endearing. again, sold me on this one. It's adding <laughs> on to the wish list. And uh, it's $20 if you are interested in checking out Frog Detective, the entire mystery. So yeah. guessing that at one point it was not the entire mystery. No, because it this came one in is... episodes one, two, and three. And now all of them are combined in one place for the low, low price of 20 bucks. I will say that the... Uh, eShop is struggling as I search through these things. I'll click on things and just nothing ever happens. Like it's having a rough day. Yeah. Uh, but 20 bucks for Frog Detective, the entire mystery. And now we're going to go to, uh, I mentioned how Dredge uh, made a splash when it launched. I'd say this one making some waves. Dave the Diver. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun show. Uh, but this is actually the one I was saying that like kind of has like some connective tissue to Dredge in that like it kind of like, is multiple games in one, yes. but also like nautical themed. And also like there's more happening, uh, excuse another pun here, beneath the surface <laughs> of this one. Um, like it, there's a lot more going on than they initially lead you to believe. Cause like they tell you like, Oh, we're going to like have you go out and we're going to have you dive underwater and get us fish. So then we can open this sushi restaurant. And you're going to help us by waiting tables. So like during the day you go down and like, it's an underwater exploration thing. You have like a limited oxygen tank. You have a, a little bit of an arsenal that you can upgrade over time and uh, little battles will play out. So like first you're like just taking out like a little fish and then it's like, oh, well, this fish takes extra hits. And then now you have to fight a shark that charges at you and you slowly get deeper and deeper. You upgrade your oxygen tank more and more. And then at night, all the fish and uh, like aquatic life that you collected goes to the sushi restaurant that opened on shore and you are a waiter who's going mm -hmm. around like you you create the menu you can upgrade the uh the restaurant with different like cosmetic stuff like you make it so like the interior looks nicer uh you can research new uh recipes you can upgrade existing recipes it's a very fun cutscene that plays every time you upgrade a recipe with the sushi chef kind of like like having like this very like cool like he's just like 
being like all the care he puts into like making the sushi and everything. And like showing like him, like creating the recipe. It's very, very fun. Uh, it made me immediately want to go play diner dash, which I don't know if you remember that game back in the day where you're just like mm-hmm. waiting tables in a diner. And it's like, it made me want to play like the, the table management, like Sims like that. And unfortunately diner dash while an early Xbox live arcade game never came to switch. So it, uh, Dave the Diver is satisfying that urge right now and it's also a very fun like underwater exploration slash combat and like there's other like aspects like upgrading your weapons and like Mm -hmm. developing these relationships with people and uh, you know I like both elements of it almost equally like I I look forward to going back at night to like run the sushi restaurant and I also look forward to going it's not like okay I gotta get through like this underwater part so I can go and do like the sushi thing it's like okay i'm it's time for the sushi restaurant i'm very excited for that but i also can't wait to like try to further my progress on this mission underwater and i it's it's quickly become one of my top 10 games of 2023 as i've played more and more of it uh anything to add on this one no 100 percent. like the loop feeds into itself so brilliantly that you're just like okay, it really matters to me that I have tuna for this tuna party that's coming up. So that's what I'm going to look for. But then I'm in the ocean looking for tuna and all of a sudden like a baby whale needs my help, you know. Or a dolphin comes up and like you need to free it from a net or Mm -hmm. something. It's so good. And then there's even more that starts happening underwater. And uh, it is a really, really fantastic game. The cutscenes are unbelievable with how over the top and and just so So good like you mentioned the chef who's like it's essentially like an anime like samurai (laughs) right he pretends like he is training on the top of a mountain and like oh cutting through like a straw mat to get his sushi technique just perfect it's so so good i love and there's so many other characters that have these similar scenes if y'all ain't playing this, you're missing out. Legitimately one of my favorite games of the year. Dave the Diver, $20 on the eShop. It's a perfect fit for Switch as well. Like, Yes. Uh, it originally was PC only when it came out earlier this year. And then in October, late October, it came out. And I was like, well, that I already owned it on Steam. I barely played it. And now I'm like, well, I'm going to delete the Steam version and absolutely 100% play this on Switch. It's a great fit for it. Yeah. So Dave the Diver, $20, came out October 26th on Switch. Uh, we're in November now, Jill. And we're doing uh, it. Spirit Tea is one that I've <laughs> seen advertised a lot on, especially the Xbox dashboard has been advertising it. I wonder if it's like a Game Pass like thing that they're pushing. Yes. So, but it's on Switch as well. Came out November 13th. Tell me why this game belongs on this list. Okay. So I have to start this out with a disclaimer. Oh, no. Uh, because I backed this game originally. This was way, this was before I even started with Game Informer, like working. Um, and it eventually came out. So I am an NPC in this game. What? You can go and be friends with me in this game. Do I have to be friends, though? Like, can I become, like, frenemies enemies? or just flat-out enemies? <laughs> I'm afraid, Shay. Like, going into this game, I'm like, what if I don't like me? What do I do? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, disclaimer there. Um, Spirity is essentially a sort of mix between uh, Spirited Away and Stardew Valley. Is is a great oh. way to truncate it you are a writer 
you head into the countryside because it seems that you have writer's block and you're trying to fix that. Um, you show up and it is a town full of lovely characters that you can meet. Um, unfortunately, you just happen to drink out of the wrong teapot. And as soon as you do this, you gain the ability to see the spirit world. And the spirits are not happy. Like, people around town are talking about how there are weird things happening, how, like, there's a there are plants growing in my bathtub that shouldn't be there. And, like, a picture of my parents who have passed away keeps getting knocked down. And so you are going to each and every person and sort of trying to help them out. And you realize that all of this is being caused by spirits. Uh, and in order to placate the spirits, you open... They long abandoned, sort of decrepit uh, bathhouse that is up in the mountains. And so the game loop is sort of you wake up, you go help people out, you unlock a spirit. As soon as you help someone out with their problems, a new spirit is unlocked. That spirit can now come to the bathhouse and give you money. So that's how you're like getting money to like buy more things and get through like uh, i need i need recipes for being able to cook in my bathhouse or i need upgrades to open up a whole new tub because all the spirits are starting to get larger and larger and i don't have space for them and i have to turn them away and i'm not getting the money so you are just like in the daytime sort of helping people out with their problems at nighttime at least this is how i do it you could actually just completely do it another way open up the bathhouse and you are run, like then it's a management sim you are trying to get your towels cleaned and get people like happy and make sure they're placed next to spirits that they like and making sure that the bath temperature stays uh, at the right temperature and if you're doing all of this correctly and they leave happy they give you money and you're you're it's just a, a really great game loop so it's a lot of fun i'm very excited for this game because like i i backed it early it is a solo developer there is one person who made oh, this wow. game uh they just announced that during the launch week first week of launch they sold um a million copies i believe holy crap yeah is so, that including the backers or is that like i don't know that's a but, huge accomplishment, especially if like the backers aren't included in that and the Game Pass players are obviously not included in that. So I'm super excited for them, uh, for for the developer um, and for, you know, all of the people involved. And I, I have a lot of fun with this game. It is one of those games that it's just like comfortable to sink into, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not totally objective. You can, you know, put a grain of salt on it. But like, hey, if you want to go talk to me. You can do that. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, I mean, it's oh God, another one to add to the list. <laughs> so, yeah, your description of Spirited Away meets Stardew Valley. Man, what a potent combination that that sounds like. Uh huh. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's $20 <laughs> if you would like to hang out with Jill in the spirit realm, apparently. Um, 
Spirit Tea came out November 13th. Uh, one day later, November 14th, we got Backpack Hero. Yeah, we did. And uh, I don't know much about this game, uh, which is this is the last of the games that I don't know anything about. So tell me about Backpack Hero. It's such an interesting concept. You are a like a rodent. I want to say like a mouse. Um, and you, again, two sort of aspects of the game you go through dungeons and it is essentially like resident evil style management with like your backpack you find this backpack it is some sort of like magical artifact type thing um which allows you to carry things and that is the only way you can use them so if you have them in your backpack you can use them so uh you start out with like a shield and a sword and a plate of food. And then if you run into an enemy, you can, it is essentially like a card game system where you have a certain amount of like energy that you can use and the sword takes one and eating a meal takes zero and it replenishes your energy. Um, And as you get like experience points you can start upgrading your backpack so it has more and more space and as you find loot throughout the the dungeons you are collecting things that if you put this next to this it makes your attack stronger and it's like physically inventory wise if they're next to each other like so so it's like gamifying the resident evil inventory management And so you're like, okay, I want to make sure that this is to the left of this, but it has to be on top of this in order for it to work. So you're like constantly kind of shuffling things around. Um, And when you finally get out of the dungeon, you emerge and your town has sort of like, it's not had good times. You know, everything is it's essentially a ghost town like most people have moved away you start out by building a shop with some of the materials that you found down in the dungeon so you are re-establishing this city so you need materials so that's why you're going back down um yeah it's so much fun it is a really captivating really engrossing time loop that i highly encourage people to check out yeah, it sounds really interesting, and the art style is uh, very nostalgic, very yes. nostalgia-focused. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I love the cute little character designs. Um, I was never big into, like, the inventory management. I always think that's, like, kind of, like, the part that gets in the way of a lot of games, but I like that they are adapting it. Like, like I get so mad when I'm playing, like, a Fallout game or, like, <laughs> Dave the Diver, for example, is a great example of, like, oh, man, I... I got too much stuff now i can't swim fast and it's like that's frustrating Mm -hmm. even though it does like make it so you can't just like super load your character up with a bunch of stuff and i understand the utility of it but it's still very frustrating so i'm glad to hear like they're using this in like they're using that mechanic and that concept in some pretty smart ways and like yeah i like the synergies that you can unlock by uh putting things next to each other so yeah backpack hero that is uh 20 bucks and it came out november 14th and we're getting down to the end here, Jill. Mm-hmm. And here's one that I am so glad you put on this list because I've been playing a little bit of it myself. That is Worldless. Yes. And that came out November 21st. This is one I was actually planning on talking about 
uh, in a future episode anyway. So we're uh, accomplishing two goals here. So it's basically like kind of like Metroidvania, but the map plays out almost like a star constellation instead of like a traditional Metroidvania map, which is absolutely brilliant. And then you get to the enemies and it's not the traditional action-based Metroidvania combat. It is instead turn-based combat and but like you have to like counteract and defend against different things that are coming in so like a vertical slice across the screen tells you that like a physical attack is coming whereas like another visual indicator will tell you it's magic and in order to defend against those you have to time your button press at the right time it's kind of like mario rpg in the way that like you have to time your button presses with your attacks and your defenses and it's a very active turn-based uh style and I've really enjoyed what I played of it. And there's also a little bit of light platforming that's involved uh, as you navigate through it. So it is Metroidvania in that aspect. And you're always just kind of looking towards uh, kind of unlocking the next area, making progress towards finding the new, the new spot that you're supposed to go to. But uh, anything else to say about worldless and like why people should check this one out? It is so conceptual. I love this sort of, I am bombarded by things beyond my understanding, and that is okay. The creator of this game, I don't remember exactly what the connection is, but there is a connection to Nomada Studios, who people might remember from Gree. Um, So it has that um, sort of feel to it. It has, especially if you look at the aesthetics of the game, this game, again in a in a year of gorgeous gorgeous games oh my gosh shay every time you get to a world the world has one major hue usually like the first one's blue the next one's green and they all sort of the world caters to that sort of idea of like the first world is just sort of geometric and it's all sort of minimalistic the next one the green world is beautiful spires delicate and elegant and every world has a sort of um traversal and or ability specialty to it so like in the next in the green world you collect sort of three gems and you open up this sort of um canon like cosmic canon situation so you're like being shot from place to place to place and you have to time dashes in order to like get to the right ones Mm -hmm. um the combat like you said very interesting it's it is both turn-based and real time but the most interesting thing about it to me is that killing your enemy is the least desired outcome Mm -hmm. uh you attempt for the most part to absorb your enemy which has like cosmic like understandings to it as well and when you absorb your enemy there's a little like meter on the side and you are uh while you're attacking you try to use like things that have high absorption rates to it and once that meter gets to a certain amount you can trigger a mini game which is like a button combo so you're trying to like guess all the buttons to like absorb the person correctly once you absorb them you get a skill point and so Mm -hmm. you can go to the skill tree and maybe unlock 
a new weapon like a bow i really enjoy the bow or like magic with um ice magic or something um and it is just a really lovely like also challenging it gets really like difficult by the end so you have to be so involved with like okay i'm blocking and i'm doing this and this person is weak to this so i have to do that it's so great (laughs) well yeah i'm having a good time with it as well and it's twenty dollars if that sounds like it's up your alley uh worldless is one that i i'm pretty early on in it but uh the traversal feels good the the combat's fun and the exploration is uh, is so far pretty good. So it's $20. Go check that out. Came out November 21st. And we are down to your final entry on the list. And I think it's one that a lot of people are very familiar with already because it mm-hmm. came out on other platforms, I want to say in like 2017. And yeah. that is Outer Wilds. And that came out December 7th. So just yesterday... As you're listening to this this episode, (laughs) uh, or in the future, if you are listening to it as we're recording it, which if you are, how did you hack our server? Whoa. Uh, But it is uh, one of the kind of sleeper hits of whatever year it came out in. I remember people being very, very all about this game. And it's a time loop game. So tell us, like, uh, I guess the truncated (laughs) version, because it's a very well-known, well-liked game. But it's coming to Switch for the first time right now. So, like, for Switch owners who may have not played it, like, why should they check this out? So, Shay, this is going to be another one of those uh, moments of shame because I am actually planning on picking up Outer Wilds on the Switch because I've I dabbled with it for like a second and I died. Um, and that's a very common thing, yeah. you know, that happens. This game, you will die a lot. Um, so I can't really dive into all of the the mysteries and make you want to buy this again because I haven't been able to get too far into it as well. But it is a time loop game. There are mysteries abound. You are exploring the universe um, and it's not an easy thing. You are going to die. I remember, I believe it was JV who did yes. like a whole thing on all the deaths. It was absolutely brilliant. If you've not seen that, please go check that out. I remember I was, so I, my desk used to be next to JV's and I remember he was reviewing it and I guess he put his like ship on autopilot <laughs> and he was just like, went and like checked an email while his ship flew him to like the next, like, like did autopilot to like the next planet. And uh, the autopilot flew him directly into the middle of a sun. <laughs> and, and that was one of my, that, that was when I was like, okay, that is amazing. And I, I want to check this out. I just kind of, I, I kind of had the same experience as you where like I had some hardships early on, wasn't really sold on the gameplay super early on, but I bounced off of it, but I do want to check it out. And I think the switch version is going to be the catalyst for that. Right. But and it, um, it is Outer Wilds. I think it's like the archaeologist edition yeah. is what this one is called. So it comes with a lot of uh, other things. Well, you have uh, your choice. Included. You have your yeah. choice. There's the $25 edition or the $38 edition for the archaeologist edition. And or, by the way, it's going to be on sale through the 28th of December. So pretty much by the end of this through the end of this year. It'll be $20 for the standard or $30 for the archaeologist edition. So uh, you have until December 28th to take advantage of that sale. 
So Jill, we made it to the end of the eShop Gems of the Year, but I have one I'd like to shout out, uh, but I don't need to go super into depth about it because I talked about it just a few weeks ago in like the, hey, let's catch up on a lot of games that we missed during the busy season. It's Thirsty Suitors. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very fun. I had a, have, I've not beaten it, but I've had a really great time with it. It came out November 21st and it is $30. Just basically you are engaging in turn-based combat, but it is just really a metaphor for like fending off these men who are hitting on you or, uh, and dealing with your own problems, dealing with with your own problems. Yeah. And like really delving into this woman who had like, has had a lot of problems in past relationships and like kind of getting to the bottom of why that might be, but it all plays out in the form of like turn-based combat, very over the top, very cartoonish, very exaggerated. Um, I am having a a really great time with it. And I, it makes me wish that I had more space on my top 10 games of the year list because it's this year has been unbelievable. Uh, Before we wrap up here, do you and because this 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 list was very focused on games that came to switch in 2023 do you have an indie game that came out in 2023 that you wish was on switch who um i'll like there are so many games going through my head i'm like which ones are not on switch which ones are because like like i said i started out this uh, this list when you hit me up and said, Hey, we're going to do this. Um, with about 40. Jeez. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, I don't think this is on the list. So I think there are some here that are coming to switch, but I don't believe I want to shout out something that came out really early in the year which i don't believe is on switch so let me know if it is but it's called 8-bit adventures and it is a really fun uh again classic kind of jrpg playing with the idea that like you you kind of figure out very early on that you're playing in a game that they don't know is a game but you kind of know is a game um and it's really fun and really engaging. And I I would love to be able to kind of take this on the go. It seems like it would be a great on the go game. It seems like it is only on Steam. And yeah. it's actually 8-Bit Adventures 2 that yes, came out this year. it is. It is number two. It is. Oh, and you don't need to have played the first one to enjoy the second one. It's a lot of fun. It really, really is. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The official website lists it on everything PS5, PS4, Switch, Xbox, Xbox One, Steam, but I can only find, I can only find the Steam page. Yeah, I also didn't find this on Steam, which is why it was not on my official list of the top 20 games. If it's on Switch, please go play it. It's not, uh, because it's not on Xbox either yet, but I wonder if they're planning on it. Planning on it. Let's I mean, see it's what good. The tw- we're doing investigative uh, work here. right here, right now. Everyone, uh, this is what the magic is made from. According to, I mean, man, there's no indication of when it's coming. Every every tweet from the creator of this game is download it on Steam here or play it on yep. Steam here. So, like, even though it may be coming to Switch and Xbox and PlayStation at some point. 
it is definitely not there yet because I've searched for it on both Xbox and Switch, and it's not there. And all of uh, Joshua Halloran is the lovely human being, the by creator. the way. Oh, I've never met him. Uh, but all of his tweets are like, download it on Steam. So I have a feeling it is not on those other platforms just yet. But yeah, it says 8-Bit Adventures 2 is everything you love about NES, SNES, and PS1 era JRPGs with all oh, the yeah. charm, heart, and soul, but none of the inconvenience. Dynamic turn-based battles and pixels with personality. Absolutely. And uh, it has a very positive rating on Steam. But yeah, it came out January 31st, 2023. That sounds like a great fit for Switch. So I hope it comes out soon on Switch because that is one I would absolutely dive into. Uh, I had one, and it is Viewfinder. Oh, yeah, That would be a great, great fit for Switch. I think it's only on PlayStation and Steam, maybe? That sounds right. Um, but yeah, I loved what I've played. I think I've played about 75% of that game on PS5 before I had to go do something that I can't bring my PS5 to. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I yeah. very much enjoyed that one. But Talk j- about galaxy brain ideas. Oh, my God. My brain broke so many times playing that. Um, but Jill... That is an episode of All Things Nintendo, and that is our eShop Gems of the Year that is 2023. We did it. Thank you so much for coming on this episode. Thanks for having me. I remembered when we talked, I want to say, at PAX West, we're like, we should definitely like do this and not just do the end of the year. And then it's like, we blink and it's the end of the year again. I can't believe we're already in December for this year. Like, 2023 flew by. by. Like, I mean, it kind of feels like, Every year since 2020 has flown by. Yeah. Uh, time is just meaningless at this point. But yep. I really appreciate you I, always coming on this show. I'm, I'm glad that we at least got you on for the Summer Game Fest episode. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but we'll have to do some other non-end-of-year uh, wrap-up episodes with you <laughs> here in the coming months. But thank I'm you again. Happy. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to make time for this show today. Yep. 100%. Everybody go check out the indieinformer.com, also the Indie Council. We next week, when recording, but uh, November, the end of November, for, for people who are now listening to this because of time travel, um, we are having Greg Miller on to explain his crimes. Oh, wow. His crimes. <laughs> okay, well, that, that, that's a good tease because I'm... I just want to know what the crimes are and then I want to hear the explanations. So uh, that, that'll be an episode to listen to, but thank you so much to everyone for listening. Do me a favor. If you haven't already throw all things, Nintendo, a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. If you want to get any questions or comments in, you can get in touch with me at all things, Nintendo at gameinformer.com or on social media at Brian Pichet. And of course you can always join the game informer community discord, which is a perk for subscribing to our Twitch channel. Jill, tell people about your social media stuff. Uh, you can find me at uh, just me personally, Finrun, F-I-N-R-U-I-N on Twitter. Uh, the Indie Informer, I believe on Twitter, is Indie underscore Informer because someone stole the Indie Informer. No. Um, I'm on Blue Sky. I am on... Uh, I am on Twitch and this upcoming Friday after Thanksgiving, I'm having a giant indie feast. If uh, you haven't seen it, go back and check that out. It's going to be absolutely epic. Um, and yeah, if you want to, like most of this is going to be linked on the Indianformer.com, so go check that out. Yeah, Indianformer.com, a great resource for probably all the eShop gems that we're going to cover on this show because they 
they you, you and uh, your your pal John Carson just have your <laughs> finger on the pulse of the indie community. Uh, cannot recommend checking out the Indian former enough. But uh, that is our show for this week. Thank you all again so much for listening. Take care. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>